Welcome back to Fargo Watch Party. I'm your boy J.D. Farrell. And I'm Stephen Merriweather. And Fargo Watch Party is brought to you by the Modern Podcast Network. Mm. Season two. Season two, episode one, Baby Molly. Baby Molly. She was cute. She, she was so I didn't cute. even realize it was her till it was over, though. You know, seeing how her mom acts and behaves, you kind of understand how Molly becomes Molly. Yeah. Like, her, her, her mom is like, I'm not taking shit. Like, I, I run this house just as much as you do. And that's how Molly is. Very rational thinking. Very. I love it. I love it. Like, questions the... Like, doesn't let things just sit there as face value. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I love, I love that whole family. Oh, baby Molly. I, I knew that. I knew that was going to be a little bit of your excitement. And then as soon as in the opening scene when they were talking about the Sioux Falls, I was like, oh, so this is going to be like, I kind of started connecting the dots, but not really. I just want to point out that, that was my prediction at the end of our last episode that this was going to be about Sioux Falls. Uh, I think that's right. Um, but like, I, I'm a kind of disappointed because, um, you know, last season, um, Molly's dad was like, he was asked if he's ever seen something like this before. And he was like, only once in Sioux Falls and like three people are dead. Four people are dead. Like that's that that feels a little different than Malvo like going around and killing people and getting Lester involved and it's only episode one maybe it'll get more intense but I feel like this is a normal day in New York City. Oh. Well, but you got to like look at the defining moment of his life. Okay, you got to look at the what's it the population density over here, all right? And this is only the first time you you did, haven't even got to that. The whole crime bosses in Kansas City has said that we're going to take out this the Gerhardt family up in Minnesota and North Dakota. That's so fair. who knows how many people they're going to kill? Yeah, there, there might be more. There might be more. I'm I'm interested to know. Uh, at one point last season, Molly's dad said, um, "Well, Molly's Molly uh, Lou um, Lou Salverson, who's Molly's dad, he was talking to his <laughs> grandchild, and she was like, have you ever have you ever sat outside?'" in the front of your house with a gun before and he was like only once and she was like did he come and Lou responded it wasn't a question of when of if it was a question of when and so I, I wonder who he's so afraid of at first I thought it was going to be one of the, the the sort of youngest man of the of the Gerhardt family who who is a prominent member of this episode but not not anymore Oh, did you think it? you really thought it was going to be the youngest one, the pipsqueak? I knew he was going to die instantly. No, because he had like a like his big, you know, little on the inside, big on the outside. Like, yeah, he had so he, he carried himself a certain way. He wasn't scared of nobody. Like, I thought I thought there was a chance he was going to kill his brother. Wow. Take over the family throne. But no. Yeah, last song. I I definitely uh, like the oldest brother. 
obviously he just he had, he had the bravado. You know what I mean? He he was the oldest brother. Nah, he's a dumbo. He was a little. Oh, D- Dumbo, the bear, the no, they're both ogre. Dumbos. He's the oldest one. No, no, I'm saying they're both Dumbos. No, like you have to be a little bit of an intimidating crime boss. Like you know what I mean? You can't act like you're. But you can't be an intimidating crime boss and then wait outside in the cold for an hour for your little brother to show up. I mean, it's your little brother. It's family. Like it's not like the crime. Like it's not like it's a pipsqueak. It's the third man in charge of the family business. Oh, oh but but if you make me wait again, I'm gonna kill you. Like he he was trying to be cool, but he's not cool. If it's collections for all the businesses but, but, that you have protection he's, he's from, your, that's a lot of money. But he's your brother. But he's your. I guess I again, think this little again. brother has been doing annoying things for a while. And they just need the fucking money. Like, I, I don't, I, I think he's all show. That's my prediction. He's all show. He's no muscle. Okay. All right. So, obviously, you think my boy is going to be taken out pretty soon. Um, I don't know if he's going to be taken out. I just don't think he's going to be. He, he's he's going to be more Lester. He's going to be closer to Lester than Malvo. That's what I completely I'm disagree. I complete. This That's is first bet of the season. First bet of the season. I don't know how we're going to judge the Lester yeah, versus Malvo. It's judge, but. You say it's impossible? It's very hard. No. What, did Lester kill, well, he did kill his wife, kind of killed his other wife. Lester, Lester killed a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> I was just Not thinking like. Malvo, but. Yeah, look, he, Lester got some people <laughs> killed. <laughs> he did the kids. He got it like so. What does it mean to be Lester? <laughs> like, the real crime bosses are the people in Kansas City. They're yeah. not fake. No. They're, 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 they're the real deal. But look, for them to have built up some type of equity worth a damn, they have to be, you know, but somewhat we, real. We, we saw, so there was a scene in, in Kansas City where we are seeing the real sort of crime bosses that run at least that part of the country and they were like you know it was started by the, the g- grandfather and then the father took it over and like we don't know who's going to take it over after that like it was yeah. real the grandfather and dad are real his sons are bozos i think that's what happens when you get an inherited business yeah. and then have three kids like it's different when the dad started up himself and he was the OG and then the, he's going to raise a son to be it. But then he gets an inherited business and then have three kids that yeah. all want a little piece of the pie rather than like, you got to know the whole is bigger than what's it? The part, the sum is bigger than the parts. And when you got three different brothers all trying to yeah. be at the top. I mean, you got your youngest son who's just run over by a car. You got your other son who can't just wait a little bit before he picks some bread to eat because he just <laughs> eats all the time there was you forgot the chicken he was in two scenes one scene was he was trying to sneak some bread while the family was having a meeting and the other scene he was just tearing down some chicken a whole chicken couldn't even put it on a plate just had the whole rotisserie chicken so he didn't raise his son's right no not not to be crime not to continue his crime family that's for sure that's what we forgot to mention. That dad, he had a stroke like five minutes into the episode, and then very last scene died. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he did. 
That stroke scene was weird. I, uh, they really wanted to emphasize that he was having a stroke. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, that's, that's pretty crucial. <laughs> I just think that's how strokes look. I, yeah, and, but I thought some, they'd go numb on a left side, I thought, or something. Wow. Like he was upholding both, you know. I think, it's like, like, uh, I think it goes from painful to numbness to death. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a scene, probably my favorite scene of the entire show. Okay. Is Bingo Night. Oh, gosh. Lou... Lou Solverson, Detective, uh, or Deputy Solverson, Molly's dad, Baby Molly. Um, I'm going to get a shirt that says Baby Molly on it. Oh, my. <laughs> Instead of Baby Yoda, it's just like a it's little just Molly. Baby Molly. Um, he, he's, he's visiting some friends at, at a bingo night, and we see Carl Weathers, who is played by Nick Offerman, just going off about, and he's a Korean War vet. And he's just going off about how um, it's, you know, there's a military industrial complex, uh, like, you know, wars are fake and it's just to like funnel to the military industrial complex. And it's just, it is so funny. It is because that's the Nick Offerman character. Like he plays that character in so many TV shows and we got a glimpse of it here. And I think he's going to be involved in some way. I think he's going to like, He's going to kill somebody. He's going to kill a Batman, this Korean war vet who is going off about the military industrial complex. That's why you were so interested in him. I didn't I didn't even consider that. I thought it was, you know, comic relief, like how they always need that in these episodes. But comic relief always turns into something more. Sometimes. You know what I hated about that whole scene? What? This is this is my. Usually, you know, Fargo in the season and episode we've seen has done great at being realistic. All cops, firefighters, whatever, you're not allowed to drink in your uniform. And I didn't like that part of the scene. It was a little, he, I know, I know it's nitpicking, but it's something very specific. And you're not allowed to drink in your uniform. How do you know that's a rule in North Dakota? I I thought it's a rule everywhere. I mean, it's not like a national rule, I don't think. It's probably I thought just, it was. It's probably just like a, a, a show of respect to the community. Yeah, and if he had a Diet Coke or something, I thought that would have been a cool storyline. But no, he popped open like the red stripe or something. Definitely I, had the product placement on the beers. I don't mind it. One, he just saw what is, what is going to be the defining moment of his career. You need a beer after that. Like I said, if he's the like realism. constantly drunkie, drinking on the job, that's one thing. But just one beer after the defining moment of his career, I'm okay with that. Like, did you see the realism in the butcher shot? The man cutting the paper, covering the meat at night, you know, doing yeah. standard things that butchers would do. The, the meat's going to go bad. He gives them the chops. He gives, what's his name, Ed the Chops. Yeah. Can be no, this. But, but I'm, what I'm saying is having a drink after that kind of experience is, is real. I just, if you just look at it, if you saw someone in uniform having a beer, doesn't that just look bad? 
even if you said, man, I just saw three people dead. Like, I just, I'm not on the job. I just need to. It just looks bad because you're, you're in I uniform. Don't, I don't think it looks bad. Okay. You, you have more respect for people in uniform. Like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, I would assume that they're not drinking while they're protecting and serving us. But, you know, that's just me. I, he, well, he, was, well, he was off duty. Like I, I, it's it's the nighttime. He just left his shift. I, I don't I I don't have any problem with this. Like I said, agree to disagree. Agree okay. to disagree. Oh, what were some other good scenes? Did you what you think about that opening scene? Any any fans of the opening scene of this episode? I wasn't a fan of the opening scene. It the no to or the not to Ronald Reagan, the actor. It was it. It was weird. <laughs> But who other? I know the casting was great in this show. Any other characters we didn't touch on before we go into like the major scenes of this episode? Um, I think the only thing we didn't touch on was Baby Molly. Oh gosh, Baby Molly. Oh, oh. Oh, we'll 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 get to that later. I can't wait to tell you. I'm I love. The women of this era's cooking. It's shit. That's all. Well, the men can't cook either. I just, the cooking of this era, I, will, I don't need to single out the women of this era. They're just the only ones in the kitchen. But just completely disgusted with the cooking of this era. How, say more. What do you mean you're completely disgusted? Well, we'll get to it, but she made hamburger helper and tater tots. In oh, what world that- is that a meal? That that's that's different. Like they don't they don't love each other. I mean, he brought home perfectly good pork chops, and he works at a butcher shops. And your idea of a good dinner is tater tots and hamburger helper. You couldn't just put meat and tater tots in these. But I'm like, what combination is that? I mean, you. I think that's fine. What? I think that's fine. French fries and pasta. I mean, it's, not everyone. It's unclear what she does. She's apparently trying to, you know, she's not working because she has her dreams or whatever. He's an assistant at a butcher. They don't make much money. He's about to have a butcher shop. And I think she I mean, does he, hair. because he's, he's not, but maybe. <laughs> I think uh, she's a... Also, that, that, that feels sort of like, that reminded me of your uncle. Like... I'm going to give you the butcher shop at some day in the future. <laughs> and his wife was like, so you mean next year? And he was like, well, yeah, the, the year just started. He's looking to retire. So he's talking about giving it to me. Like, no, that, that was not going to happen. No, you, it's not even winter out. And she's just so dense, okay? She went, he said at the end of the year, he's going to give me the shop. Well, we just had the end of the year. We just had the end of 2020, yet it's already halfway through 2021. Like, she's just dense, okay? I don't, I, I, just because I, I it's Kristen it Dunst and she is very hot, do not give this woman some slack on her I'm, cooking I'm and on her, her behavior. I'm not going to give her any slack. I just, I agree with her that there was no butcher shop coming their way. Oh, just like there ain't no kids coming their way. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. That, that, man, that man is the most gullible man in the entire two two seasons that i've seen 
Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't, you know, not go to the garage because she was trying to seduce him because he's that gullible. I, I know. She should have just took that man upstairs. The way that that flip switch from, like, we did that last week to, like, let's do it right here, right now, or go upstairs. Like, bro, hop on it. You're not going to get very many options. And she's only taking you down with you. We're about to get into that. All right, let's get into it. All right, start. Describe that first major scene, the major killing of season two. Okay, so um, we have the Gerhardt crime family. Um, the youngest son, I don't, I don't remember his name, but uh, we talked about how, you know, he was he was missing some money in the latest round of collections when he when he was talking with his brother. Um, it looks like he is given the money to his like other business partner that he's trying to work with that in, to, to get like electronic typewriters. typewriters. Yeah. And that was definitely going to make them a lot of money. I didn't like that. That's definitely going to, you're going to lose all your money buying electronic typewriters. Um, but his business partner um, also did, you know, was wrapped up in some other stuff. And so his accounts were frozen by this judge. Um, and until they're able to, to buy all these typewriters, his accounts need to be unfrozen. So, you know, the, the, the youngest Gerhardt uh, son is like, okay, I got this. Don't worry. He finds the judge who froze the accounts. He stalks this judge on her way home. She stops at a waffle house to get waffles. He goes inside. Um, he's acting very strange. Like, he's not playing cool. did some cool. coke. At That's all. what he did some coke in the car before he went in. He's like looking at her, looking at her. Um, there's another, f- you know, group of kids in there. Um, the kids leave, and then as soon as the kids leave, he goes over and he sits down at the table and he's like, "Look, you're gonna unf- you're gonna unfreeze my friend's accounts." And she's like, "No, I'm not." And he's like, "Look, I'm gonna convince you to unfreeze my friend's accounts." or else and she was like let me tell you the story of job (laughs) and then this job was was a god-fearing man and then the devil went to god and said um i'm gonna make job curse your name let's place a bet and god was like yeah okay he he would never do that and the devil does all these terrible things to job's life and he never you know job never curses his name god's name and then she was like, if the devil can't make Job curse God, change his mind, what makes you think you can change my mind? <laughs> like, the fact that the, she thought of herself on that level, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the waitress comes over and she's like, take my food back. This is shit. Like, make something new for me. Like, she was full of herself, driving yeah. her Mercedes. And then he's then, so this, this the, the youngest son, youngest Gerhardt's son is like you will listen to me he's, he's got like a complex of being small and short so, you will listen to me and he pulls out his gun and then the the judge is like oh no like, <laughs> he's serious um, and, and so he shoots the, the judge one time in the shoulder as soon as that happens uh, the cook Henry something Henry something he he comes running. He, he grabs a cast iron skillet. He comes running from the back, and he's just like, ah! 
<laughs> like I don't think that's what you do in that scenario. Nope. I think I'm you hide. Opposite way. Yes. Or you like jump over the counter and like try to try to do something cool, but he's running around the counter. <laughs> yeah. Ah, screaming the all time. Them. <laughs> like going through the maze of this diner. Ah, and then the the sun just turns around and shoots him too. Um and then, then the waitress is freaking out, um, and so he shoots the waitress too. At this point, there are three people dead. Um, he's like gathering himself, and then you see the judge stand up with a knife, and the judge stabs him in the back. Ah. And he's like, ah, turns around, shoots her two more times. The judge is completely dead on, a di- on the diner table. He pulls the knife out from his back. The judge really got him. Yeah. I mean, that knife mm. was deep. I wouldn't go for, like, the shoulder. I would go for the neck, but I would, if, I, if you're shot, Oof. maybe. Um, and he's like, you know, so, so now there's, there's three people dead, um, or, or so he thought. Two and a half. He's, yeah. he's like, okay, like, what, what just happened? Like, I needed to get this money in frozen. So he needs money. So he goes to the diner, cash, cash register, takes all, you know, that, like, $75 in the cash register of this diner in the middle of nowhere. Turns around. Waitress is gone. So he looks up. We see the waitress like stumbling outside, trying to get away. There's, it's in the middle of nowhere. Like There's nowhere this waitress was going. Yeah. Um, and so he steps outside, takes two more shots, shoots her in the back. She falls over. She's dead. And he has this money. He has this crime scene. He doesn't think to get in his car and drive away. Um, but he walks out into the middle of the road. He sees this shining light in front of him. It was unclear what that was. It looked like a like a UFO or something. Um, yeah. Unclear what that was. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but the, the light posts in front of this diner were really cool. It was it was like a, a wooden beam with mm-hmm. two lights coming out in a V shape. Okay. Like I've never seen that. They looked really cool. He's he's, he's so this this guy the the youngest Gerhardt um, son standing in the middle of the road, looking at this light in the sky that he doesn't know what it is, and boom he gets run over. I thought initially I thought it was his brother. Yeah, I thought, it, or Same. or maybe someone in the family, something mm-hmm. like watching him. Yeah, like I'm watching you. You you're not getting the money. Like I'm gonna kill you, because he gets run over. And the car stops. And then the car just keeps going. Mm-hmm. With him like on top of the car, head through the windshield, the car just yeah. keeps going. End of scene. Fucking crazy. You're like, what the fuck just happened? I thought this dude was about to make some moves. And yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Dead. <laughs> and then right after that, um, you know, there's a trucker that comes to get some waffles. He sees what happens. He calls the police. Um, the police come. That's when we, that's when Lou gets called in. Um, and the trucker put his jacket on top of this dead waitress in the middle of the snow and he was like I that's what I thought like that's what seemed best 
she's dead. But I mean, that's like a respectful thing. In the it's, cold. It's a respectful thing, but I don't know. We got the Brock Turners of the world, bro. It's shit. You know what I mean? Uh, I guess. I guess. Like, I don't know. I thought it was respectful. I, I, what, I does it, it tamper is, evidence, I guess? It is respectful. I was thinking of that. I was thinking of, like, is there nothing else? Like, I don't know. I would have got a blanket or something, I would, especially I if you're a trucker. A blanket too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I thought you just meant like covering her. Like, what's the point? She's dead. No, I I'm understand like, covering her. I just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It, it that was intense. Yeah. Definitely didn't have to end like that. Like all those people didn't have to die. Yeah. Unlike in the other season, this was just like a bunch of random people. That's why I wonder how they're going to really connect these and piece yeah. it together. I thought initially that the, the group of kids were going to die. Damn. That would have been a massacre. Yeah. I, I was expecting, I was expecting the body count to, to be up there, but, um, they left poor, poor cook. Like just, he just did the absolute wrong thing. <laughs> and I just, I just feel bad for him. I, I, the waitress just hesitated and kind of stood there and screamed. So that was, you know, typical in yeah. shock. Yeah, yeah she, no, she was in shock. And like, I don't, yeah. I don't have, I don't, you know, there's nothing to say about her. That's probably how I would have reacted. Yeah. But rather like, than, uh, <laughs> yeah. and he had the touchdown record too. And he, that's his choice of action. Like you're in the back, you probably got your keys on you, like slip out the back. Get in your car and go. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, hey, I don't care if you're the only black guy in North Dakota, run. Like, flee the scene, bro. Like, do not stick yeah. around and try and help. Yeah. But. We, we go from that scene to it's a little slow, but then we soon find out who was driving this car. And it, it wasn't any crime boss or any brother. No, go ahead. Tell it. Yeah. So, apparently our beautiful, you know, tater tots and hamburger helper uh, wife, she was coming back from some conference or something and driving late at night. And Peggy. Peggy, sorry. I'll say her by her name, Peggy. Peggy was driving late at night and I guess just zoned off. She's a little dense, as we said. As you said. Yeah, as I said. And she's just driving in the middle by Minnesota and hits the youngest son gets out, like stops the car, gets out, checks, sees no one's around, you know, double, and then just gets in her car, drives home. Takes the back way home. Yeah. Says no one saw her and then doesn't say anything. Then she just parks her car in the garage and begins to cook dinner. Still takes her magazines, I guess because she's a magazine, so she does something with magazines. Yeah. But. And then after Ed gets home and they're cooking dinner and he's talking about want to have a baby and how they need to have more sex because there's only one way to have a baby. And they start hearing rumbling, a little noise in the garage, and that's when she starts getting a little affectionate. And it's like, hey, let's, let's do it right now. Let's go upstairs and do it right now. And he's like, wait, really? But then he really starts to hear it sounds like a raccoon or some shit in the garage. So he goes to check it out and... He sees that there's a big ass hole and a bunch of blood all over her car, like a hole in her windshield from 
the guy's head that went through it. And she's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. I hit a deer. And he's like, a fucking deer. <laughs> he's like, what? He's like, are <laughs> you okay? Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, I guess insurance will cover it. And then he starts hearing. He's like, what, you bring the deer home? Like, it's obviously the man in the garage, like, rumbling around, blood all over, kind of disoriented. He gets a flashlight, hits it a couple times, and turns it on, and sees the youngest brother just covered in blood. Looks like a fucking zombie because that it's looked just like been... a scene from I Am Legend. Yeah, well, I mean, imagine if you've just been in the cold, drug on a car for hours, and so he goes from looking like a zombie in a garage to attacking Ed with like a gardening hoe or something, about to kill him. And Ed's just in shock and freaking out and defending himself and grabs the first thing he can, fights him off, puts him down, and then ends up stabbing him and killing him there. And Ed's just like, what the hell just happened, Peggy? Like, You told me you hit a deer. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I hit a man. <laughs> and I thought he was dead, though. <laughs> like she's, and, and then she goes on to try and save herself, which... You already said this is the most gullible man in the world. She's like, if you tell the cops, then we can't have a family and you can't have the butcher shop and we can't do all these things that you want to do. And this it's poor man just me like, anymore. You killed him. Yeah. I'm like, bro, turn your wife in, bro. Like this man attacked me. I am fighting for my life. Like be like, I don't know what the hell happened. She is hot, though. I mean, so, okay, a few, few questions. <laughs> you, you hit a man. Um, you take him home. Like, she's, she's a little weird. She's a little messed up in the head. Like, okay. There's a scene where she hits him. Head is through the window. And he's, she, <laughs> the, the man is bleeding on her seat. And it was, the blood was about to get on her magazine. So just, she just moves her magazines away. Yeah okay like she i don't know if it's shock or if it's like she's she does she's maybe she's part of a crime family and we don't know yet because she seems like she's done this before i'm not sure um so that's that's one thing but then you bring this man home for like you don't leave him there you bring him home um and you start to hear some rumbling in your garage you go to the garage and you see the man is no longer dead in your car and your response is oh like let's just go outside so you have a man who's alive who you just hit and your your response is let's ignore that yeah he's alive in the garage but like let's ignore that there, there's no lock on the garage door but let's ignore that there's a, a, a man who I hit yeah, that was very strange to me. At the point when you know that he's not dead, you need a you need a some switch in your mind needs to flip. That's like either we need to kill him or we, like we need to like let him go or like open the garage. Yeah, so something, yeah. something. But no. Um, and then then we see later on um, what happens after she comes home. She comes home. She goes upstairs. She like cleans herself up. She tries to get the little blood stain out of her shirt. 
she goes down, she makes dinner, she like serves dinner, like like nothing happened. Maybe That's it's shock. She's tense. Yeah. Maybe it's shock. Maybe it's something else. Um, but she was not trying to go to jail for this. <laughs> Poor Ed. She she doesn't love him. I'm I'm just saying that right now. She doesn't love him. He no, is she this doesn't. episode's luster. Lester. You're right. And you're right. And he kills this he kills this man and is at the you know, one of the very last episode the scenes of the episode is the, them two picking up the man and putting them putting this dead man in their like meat freezer. I'm like, at least take out your meat, cover him, and then put the meat on top. Because you know they're going to eat the meat. Of course they're going to eat the meat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It was this poor guy. All he wants <sighs> is a family. All he wants is for his wife to love him. And he made a decision that he's going to end up falling through a hole in the ice, just like Lester. Yep. He fucked up. Yeah, he did. Yeah. All I can hope for is that he kills his wife like Lester did. Get some justice. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> that was a crazy scene. Yeah. So we have a, a massacre at the, at the Waffle House, and then the, the youngest crime brother who, who did the massacre is now dead in a meat freezer. Yeah. Tag team family. by the Ed and Peggy family. Ed and Peggy Bloomquist. Bloomquist family. And so then sad. the granddaddy had a stroke. Her daddy had a stroke. And then daddy had a stroke who's dead. Yeah. So we have five dead this episode, three dead last, but I felt like it was much more important killing in season one. Like they all were connected. Yeah. No, yeah. Season one was a little bit different, but uh, you're dead. Yeah, either they, way. They're, they're all dead. Mm. All right, on the predictions? On the predictions. Yeah. I'm getting better. I'm ready. Season two, we're about to get these predictions right. Episode by episode predictions, okay? Well, I, so I got, a, I got a season prediction for you. Okay, you can, we can do a season prediction. I, I have an episode prediction, too, but I got a season prediction. There's going to be a shootout at the butcher shop. Whoa. I guess I forgot Ed's involved. Yeah. Ed's involved. It's, he likes that butcher shop. That's where he spends his time. I think there's going to be a shootout at the butcher shop. Okay. I can see okay. it happening. I don't know if it's a shootout because I don't know if Ed. I think they all have guns. Yeah, it's, they all hunt but, and stuff. Yeah. But, like, something goes down at the butcher shop. All right. Yeah. That's, that's not bad. Okay. My My next episode, I think that. Oh, Miss Alverson. I think she starts to lose her hair already. Oh, yeah. No, I, I can see that. Yeah. Not dead yet, but I think, yeah, she starts to lose her hair. I can see that. Okay. I mean, okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <clears throat> okay. Okay, my next episode prediction, and I, I don't know exactly what this is, but I think, I think the the guilt is going to be so overwhelming for Ed that he's going to tell somebody. Maybe not the Ooh. police, 
maybe not, but he's going to tell somebody. And that's going to be like the start of his unravel. Okay. Did Lester tell anyone? But no. Le- I don't think Lester told anyone, but Lester was a loner. And he was involved a lot more, like in some yeah. deep Ed, shit. Ed, yeah. Ed seems to be a nice guy who just like made one mistake for his wife. So. You're right. I like that one. You got some, pr- but bro, what is with you? And see, it's just like you loved Lester at first and then hated him. You're identifying with Ed, and then you're gonna hate Ed because Ed's gonna get a little devilish. Of course, and you're not I'm gonna, gonna hate Ed. With of him. course, of course. <laughs> but 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 maybe not because I I think he's a good guy. I think he's just in a bad situation. He's gonna make many more mistakes because he's already made one. He's gonna make more to try to cover it up. Mm-hmm. Lester was a bad guy from episode one. But you liked him till about episode four. Eh, That's when I started liking him. (laughs) You were rooting for Team Lester, okay? Eh, I mean, if if I did, that was that was a terrible mistake because he's a terrible person. Once you saw Molly was like gonna be like the ride, you you jumped on Team Molly hard, okay? Molly and Malva were your people. We know, baby Molly. I'm gonna get the T-shirt, baby Molly. All right. My my next episode prediction is I think they find out that it was not just the family, but also the cops, that it was the Gerhardt youngest brother who died. Okay. Like, so that's quick. it becomes, yeah, yeah. Because that's when it really starts, like, getting intense. Because once he dies, then people start dying. I think a lot of people that are, like, characters die compared to in the other season. Malvo just killed a bunch of randoms. Okay. That's a good prediction. Told you, my predictions are coming through. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, it's, a, it's a good start, though. I'm trying. Miss Alverson ain't dying yet. She's dying maybe by episode, like, six. You know, picking the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, like, seemed like a good prediction. You know, at the start. It was a good, it was a good start <laughs> when you made that choice. But, you know, it didn't, it didn't end up as good as it started. But that's okay. Or what about the Niners 2012? Huh? Hey, they still made it there, baby. And I bet my whole year's salary on it. And that they, at least they made it there. You always no, want to talk you, about you it. Bet, you bet your whole year's salary that they were going to win. And they at least made it there. But I'm, I'm pretty sure we made that bet Super Bowl weekend. Like, nah. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a beginning of the season bet. And then, and then I mean, Baltimore, I was in a, Baltimore took it to them. But we don't have to, we don't have to go, go back yeah. that far. I was unemployed for a year. I'll give you my paycheck for that year. I'm pretty sure it was a lifetime salary, but we don't have to get into specifics. All right. Next week, episode two, getting back on track. Getting back on track, brought to you by the Modern Podcast Network. See you next week, Steven. <laughs>